Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is our inaugural podcast for ISA, the first one we've ever done, in fact. Um, I'm really excited that you could join us. This will be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to go over just a couple of the segments that we're going to go to. Um, we're going to introduce myself and Florian to you. We're going to talk about what we've been doing uh, with regards to entrepreneurial skills, um, where we were in terms of study abroad in the case of Florian. And then we're going to talk about uh, what's next. And we're going to do, we're going to check in every um, six weeks or so when it makes sense uh, with Florian to see where he is. But before I introduce you to him, I just want to tell you who I am. I think I know you, listener. Uh, there's a good chance I've spoken to you via email, or if you're actually listening live, I definitely have spoken to you before. Um, my name is Michael Ali Ev Itch. And people listening at home can't see, but I just broke down my name phonetically. It Just ignore the spelling. <laughs> Unless, even if you're Polish, you probably can't pronounce it. Uh, I am the ICEP Student Success Officer and uh, ACLS Public Fellow here at ICEP, and I'm building our alumni association. And I just want to emphasize, full disclosure, I am not at all an entrepreneur. Um, if you ever need to get in touch with me, here's my email address is malievich at icep.org, but um, you can find me on the ICEP website as well. And now introducing are my special co-host, my my partner in crime, uh, Florian. You want to introduce yourself, Florian? Yeah, hey, Michael. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to be a part of this show from now on, uh, this podcast from ISEP. Uh, yeah, my name is Florian Faltz. I am 25 years old uh, from Germany, born and raised, and I'm joining you guys from Hamburg at the moment which I'm fortunate enough to currently call my home base. Uh, for those people who are not so familiar with Germany, it's a uh, quite a big city in the north of Germany, uh, close to the ocean. Um, and yeah, I did my Bachelor of Arts in International Studies at Leiden University in the Netherlands, where I also had the honor of spending the fall semester of 2017 abroad, um, together with ISEP, or through ISEP even, um, and I went to Rider University in New Jersey in the U.S. That's me. And I might be. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur. <laughs> you're, you're definitely more of an entrepreneur than me. You also won the ISEP Community Scholarship way back when, so we're, we're proud. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. ISEP really supported me in uh, making my dream of going abroad come true, so, and I'm still grateful for that. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to what this podcast is going to bring. Uh, to you, me, and to everyone who's listening. Yeah, let's get going. Yeah, just just to reiterate what I said, we're we're gonna try and keep this audio. We're gonna we're gonna focus on stories with sp specifics, and we're gonna check in every six weeks, maybe longer, maybe shorter, if it makes sense. Full disclosure: Florian and I have spoken many times over the past year or so. Um, I know what he's doing and where he's been, um, and uh, he's gotten to know me a little bit. But we're really getting to know each other and uh, what we're doing in the process of this webinar. So what have you been 
businessing. Uh, and this is this is going to be a regular segment where we look over what we've been doing for the past six weeks, month, however long it's been, um, with regards to entrepreneurial skills, hopefully, or starting a business in the case of Florian. Uh, just to go over what I've been doing and give some grounding to the conversation today and hopefully the podcast going forward in the future, uh, we're looking at entrepreneurial skills and uh, how they relate to your ISA program and how to get the most out of it. So I've done some research on some skills that a lot of sources say entrepreneurs need. Um, the big one uh, is flexibility, also known as resiliency, also known as creativity or improvisation. I kind of group those together. They don't exactly overlap, but there is a core there of the ability to go with the flow and persist through challenges uh, and work your way around obstacles or work with obstacles. Um, the second big skill that a lot of entrepreneurs say is essential to succeeding is uh, independence or self-reliance um, and communication abilities. Those two things are kind of the next tier down. And uh, you're in luck because a lot of the studies on studying abroad suggest that these are skills um, that you acquired or practiced while you were on uh, your ISO program. What do you think about that, Florian? Yeah, I definitely do think that uh, the skills that you're mentioning are some that are not just important when going abroad um, during your study of semester abroad or your internship abroad or volunteering or whatever else you're doing in other countries, but also in just the business world in general. Um, I think everyone who's working already uh, can relate to some of these things, how important they are, um, and for entrepreneurs even more. Um, I actually checked a couple of lists yesterday uh, to prepare for today and I uh, found Forbes magazine um, and they for example listed an additional skill um, as being important uh, which is focus. Uh, they specifically said that after setting a long-term vision uh, knowing how to laser focus on the very next step to get closer on the ultimate to the ultimate goal is key and I actually had to laugh about that because I, um, I live with uh, two roommates Moritz and Nikita uh, who are also my co-founders, so I'm not founding the business alone, but I'm going to have some support with them, and we're co-creating uh, this whole idea. Um, and Moritz always jokes about my laser focus. He says that if I start to get into the zone, then nothing can really interrupt me. Um, and I think it's what Forbes magazine said, it's true that there's so many things to consider when building a business just as much as when you're going abroad, that it's easy to lose track of what's important. Um, so you need to always prioritize what is most valuable in that very, very moment, and you need to focus on um, the next step ahead of you. And this is where my ISEP experience really helped me, I think. Yeah. Florian, do you, do you read Forbes regularly? That seems like such a, <laughs> a, business, a business thing to do. Seems like it, right? Yeah. No, um, I actually don't. Uh, I uh, read Google regularly. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's Forbes just popped up at my Google search of entrepreneurial skills. Um, yeah. And it seemed like a yeah. good example. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Forbes definitely should know what they're talking about when it comes to business. Yeah. Um, yeah. LinkedIn also commissioned a study 
that said something. Uh, I don't know how I focus was. I think it was definitely on their top ten list, though. Um, yeah, so that's also a good skill. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of develop a little bit more of reminding you, drawing attention, hopefully, to what you did while on your ISEP program. If you're a recent alum or jogging your memory, if you're if you're a more experienced alum, um, you probably uh, had to be flexible or improv improvise while you were abroad, uh, likely in response to something going terribly wrong <laughs> or may maybe just <laughs> slightly wrong. Um, and another piece of research that comes up over and over among, among entrepreneur research is that it's important to uh, fail quickly and adjust. And the reasoning for that is you don't have a lot of institutional resources. You may not have much capital, and you may not have much time to fool around. So you you need to fail quickly if you can, and make adjustments fast. Um, and mm -hmm. those those are two things I think everybody experiences while they're abroad. I'm I'm sure Florian has examples. I I can think of <laughs> some as well. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. in general, uh, we really got to start in embracing the failure culture more, culture of failing. And um, in recent times, in the last couple of years, I saw that there's even a business um, evolving around of this. There's uh, coaches specializing on teaching others how to fail. Um, but instead of hiring an expensive coach, you can also just uh, go abroad. That's what I always say. Yeah. And just to exemplify what you just said, Michael, um, I just wanted to, everyone who's listening, just uh, take a minute and uh, quickly ask yourself, uh, like, what would you do when you are in a foreign country uh, with no, no return flight booked yet, and then you realize that you have no money left? It's a good question. Think about that for a second. What would you do, Michael? Uh, the couple of times I ran out of money, uh, let me think where I was. I was in Italy. I lost my plane ticket and I had to pay a 200 euro fee to a very irate um, conductor from uh, Milan to Venice. And so I had, I think, three euros or something. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, I can't, I'm sure I had a phone, um, but I didn't, I, I didn't, the person I was supposed to meet uh, was working and I don't think I understood Italian enough to get around. Uh, so, yeah. so eventually I, through cobbling together my Italian and English and Spanish skills, I managed to communicate somebody where I was trying to go and, and get on a bus and be where I needed to be uh, and get into a room where I could get a meal. <laughs> <laughs> But it worked out in the end, right? Yes, absolutely, and I learned a lot. <laughs> this, uh, this is example of, well, it's a good example for this uh, famous saying of life is what happens when you make other plans. Yes. <laughs> and I really believe in that. I, I think one example that I have um, where I had to uh, sink or swim, um, as you put it, and was I was fortunate enough to spend one year in Australia, work and traveling right after my high school. Um, where I did uh, more traveling than work, to be honest, because uh, I <laughs> earned most of my money beforehand. Um, and then after like four months or so, I realized that I did too much traveling, and I actually had uh, probably one week's worth of money left. And I just arrived in Brisbane. Brisbane is a city on the eastern coast. 
And uh, then overnight, I had to, yeah, really overnight, I had to find a job. And I actually managed. I found one, and a guy in the hostel recommended me uh, to go to Stanthorpe. Uh, so I just jumped on a bus, went there, and uh, started working on an apple farm, <laughs> picking apples. And it was only there, though, that I realized that it was the coldest place in Australia. And I was not, <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Uh, I think if we all think about Australia, it's always warm and sunny and a lot yeah. of beaches. Um, there in Stanthorpe, because apples grow there, um, it was actually zero degrees. Um, and then I had to, <laughs> the next morning, I stood on the apple field uh, in my swim shorts and had to pick some apples <laughs> for money. But it worked out, and this is really like that. I I learned through that experience. I learned uh, if you just trust in yourself, um, then everything unimportant becomes like a lower priority in these situations. And it teaches you to focus on how to swim and how to not sink uh, in these crazy situations when you're abroad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think for you, like as well in Italy, you just learn that you can rely on yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's the thing is it's. Every uh, the the third thing that I kind of put on the slide, but that I would do want to mention, like every time you like go to a foreign to country, a foreign it's country new. It's new, even if you've mm -hmm. done extensive traveling, just because the language is different or the culture is different. And I I think what set that experience in my mind apart, it was one of the earlier experiences, so I didn't quite trust myself at that point. But if you if you fail enough or succeed enough, you'll start to trust yourself. Um, you'll you'll start to realize, oh, if this isn't the end of the world. Um, I can I can make a plan. I can make an adjustment. I can figure something out. And you know, like you did, the first thing you do is you try and secure either income or food or a place to sleep. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I I think everyone who studies abroad anywhere, wherever they go, they they have some similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the situations, in my opinion, these are situations when you grow the most. Yeah. And these situations of discomfort, these situations of when uh, you normally would have someone, when you would have the situation at home, there would be someone else taking care of you or, or helping you out. Um, but if you don't figure it out yourself when you're abroad, then nothing's going to change. Like you're the master of your situation and the uh, master of your fate, the captain of your soul, really. Wow. Uh, in that situation. Oh, not for me. It's actually stole it from the from Gertler um, or something. No, it's from how's it called? Uh, the Dead Poet Society. Uh, uh, <laughs> Robin Williams, even better. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So credits to him. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's there's a lot of depth behind that. Um, that when when you're traveling, um, as much as when you're navigating the business world and the trying to set up a business, there's so many situations that are new and that are scary, of course. Um, and then you just got to push through it. You just got to make it work. Um, and you just start relying on yourself and then you start trusting yourself, as I said. Yeah, I, I think the the buzzword term for that is, is growth mindset, right? Mm. Yeah, um, which I, which I kind of like, actually, but I don't think it captures everything that that you're doing that you just said, uh, yeah. So poetically, I had a. I actually always have troubles with when I return back from my travels and I return back home to my family and friends. And I think uh, most of our alumni can relate to that. 
yeah. or anyone who's been abroad, that it's very hard to explain this feeling and this experience to your loved ones yeah. who stayed at home because they experienced a completely other side while you were gone and their lives kind of went on while your life was disrupted. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to, to explain that to them um, yeah. and to put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we've, yeah, we've all seen that blank stare where you're like, oh, I did this and this and it was incredible and nobody wants to see your, your slideshow of your, <laughs> of your, of your journey. Um, exactly. Yeah. The question after, I actually got that question after I returned from ISEP um, where my parents asked you, so how was it? And then I tried to try to put uh, four months of experiences in like a three minute summary. Um, yeah. It wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's a good practice for an elevator pitch, I guess. That's true. Yeah, that's true. If you're trying to describe a business to somebody in 15 seconds. Uh, so we're going to talk more. We're going to keep the conversation going. But uh, I do want to talk um, about, get into more of what, of what um, the specifics of entrepreneurial skills are. Um, through Florian, through Florian. Um, experience, uh, I'll pipe in when I think it's necessary. But um, we'll, we'll go we'll go on to to kind of explore how um, Florian's journeys. He's he's lived in a lot of places. This doesn't even capture his his entire kind of international education experience. Um, but I did want to let him talk um, about his his own skills and where he sees sees them coming from and how he sees them applying to business. And these are, I th I'm going to throw out some questions to you, Flo, and you, you can answer them if you want, or you can tell your own spin on it. But um, just talk about what, would your, what were your most valued study abroad skills that you acquired or sharpened or owned uh, while you were there a year later, what, what you're doing now, what you see becoming valuable in the future, uh, or just general thoughts about uh, entrepreneurial skills and study abroad. Yeah, sure. Um, how do I start? I think when when I came back from the U.S. or just in general, whenever you come back from from being abroad, um, it takes it some time to realize what happened and to internalize all these experiences. So I couldn't even say what kind of skills I recognized after coming back home straight away. I think these are things that just show through time. Um, it always takes a couple months to realize, oh, this is a new situation, but I'm handling it so much different than from before I went abroad. Hmm. And when it comes to actually naming these skills that I'm realizing now is that, uh, I mean, I went to the US in 2017 and there I took courses on uh, team management and negotiation. And I obtained a lot of theoretical background knowledge on how to um, negotiate in everyday life and how to talk to uh, people about money, which is something I struggled with beforehand. Yeah. And now I'm realizing that I'm taking some of these theories um, and I internalize them and I'm actually using them here in, in my everyday uh, negotiation and discussion with my roommates and co-founders. Mm. Um, so that was... Were there any skills? I'm trying to think myself. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to realize you've just learned something new and been able to apply it fast. 
I think you're right. Um, it, it, because a lot of um, skills that you have to acquire over time, there's there's that psychological effect where if, if it grows slowly, you don't notice the change as much as if it's as drastic. Um, and it, it's, it's only through uh, a great distance in time that you can actually tell, oh, wow, I actually did acquire a skill. Um, but, but I think maybe even it's in study abroad, maybe it's even the skills that you over rely on that uh, you realize aren't as useful as the ones that you were forced to develop, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the uncomfortable situations that teach you the most and at the most speed, yeah. um, so to speak. Um, for example, right now, I'm here living in Hamburg uh, and trying to found this startup since three months. Uh, we're not making any money yet, and we won't be making any money uh, probably until the end of the year. Um, so we have to look elsewhere on how to pay our rent. Um, so we can really only work on our startup in part-time. Yep. But my time in Australia, this, this work and travel experience that I uh, talked about earlier, now provides me with this trust in myself that I will always be able to earn money somehow. Yeah. And if I have to move to a cold place to pick apples, like I'll still be able to sustain myself. Um, and that's the case right now as well. I found a job in, a, in an online company uh, just doing part-time um, and working human resources. So uh, that pays my bills at the moment. And it's the same for my co-founders. Moritz is doing videography. Nikita is doing uh, online tutoring. And we're just trying to meet and meet um, to ends needs, sorry, yeah, um, to uh, sustain ourselves and to be able to put as much time as we can into our startup idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it. you have to start somewhere, I guess. Um, it, it's it, unless you're <laughs> unless you get a massive infusion of a investment from somewhere for some reason. Uh, it, you know, you you have to make the ends meet, but you also want to pursue your dream. And I I don't think that 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 kind of sounds familiar to for many people to studying abroad. A lot of people don't know if they can do it or they're afraid to do it, and you just kind of do it. <laughs> yeah. And you make just you, do it. Yeah, you just make it work. Yeah. Thanks to Nike for that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copyright. Yeah, and it's this is. Um, I mean, you've been traveling a lot, and I've had a couple of experiences outside of Australia and the U.S. as well. Um, and these not just the skills that we talked about, but also like self-reliance, determination, intercultural sensitivity. All these things come in handy when you pursue your dream, as you said. Um, and I'm realizing now, I'm starting to realize now that it doesn't matter where I'll be going in my life mm -hmm. and where I'll be going in my business career, but I will always be able to fall back on my experiences that I obtained abroad and on the network even, on the friends that you meet along the way. Um, and it also showed me that just because I'm encountering a new situation, it doesn't mean that I must start all over. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can always go back to these educational um, insights that you gain from being abroad and that you gain from um, just your individual experience uh, through that time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree. I, it's For me, it was always the small frustrations that were challenges um, that made me uh, 
that I, where I most rapidly picked up that intercultural knowledge. Uh, mm. I had um, visions, I, I had preconceived notions of how the United Kingdom, for example, was or how Europe was. Um, and then the first time you have to open a bank account in a new country, you realize the specific bureaucratic and cultural challenges that are real right here in front of you that you have to learn to navigate or you can't do anything. <laughs> you can't, you, you can't um, shop at a store. You can't call someone on the phone. Um, like the, that intercultural knowledge, the, that's where I most rapidly learned uh, how to navigate um, people whose life experience were drastically different than mine. Yeah. Do you what was like one valuable skill that you learned from your travels that you're using now? I was just about to ask you this because I think I have an answer. Um, I, I think um, I'm much more willing to engage. I wouldn't call it public speaking. I would call it uh, like cold approaching people and building a rapport. Um, I think traveling by myself in particular um, made me much more willing and able to do that, um, despite the stereotype of, of how an American acts. I, I am not outgoing by nature. <laughs> and uh, I, I realized it was, a, it was a skill. It was something that I could acquire and practice. And I was forced to do that uh, living in other countries. And I, I was going to ask you, like, Uh, for me, that intercultural growth, whatever you want to call it, that ability to, to reach across boundaries to a new group of people, um, I actually get a lot of mileage out that out of that returning home. Do you find that you communicate better, not just, I mean, certainly with groups of people who are not from the U.S., I communicate better, but I think I also communicate better with my fellow citizens, you know? Yes, for sure. I do think that the communication part is um, key. It starts already when you're not from an English-speaking country, that you're... Um, sorry, Michael, I think I can hear myself. No, I can't. Your sound is good. Okay. So, yeah, when you're in a foreign country, then... Um, the communication part is key and when you're not communicating in your native language but you have to communicate in a second language that already helps in building these skills i think because you need to try to get your meaning across um, just as much as you would at home but in a different language um, so yeah I, i think i'm definitely communicating differently with my environment and that comes for me really that comes from also communicating differently with myself. Hmm. That makes any sense. Um, so you think your internal monologue is, is different now? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, just because there were other influences over such a huge amount of time. Um, and it starts with very simple experiences. You, you taste other foods, you see other cities, um, you listen to other languages. Um, And on a very rational level, you just hear other worldviews. You, you sit down with people and you talk to them about 
how they see religion, how they see politics, mm-hmm. um, what is their reality like. Uh, when I was in Kenya last year uh, doing an internship with the German embassy, uh, that really hit home during that time yeah. um, because I yeah. went there quite naive even uh, because I thought, oh, I traveled so much, I can do this easily. Um, and then as soon as I got there, I was like, oh, wait, actually, it's a new context. It's a new, um, it's a very new culture that I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. And so I really had to take a step back and, and listen again and, and listen to the people there, how they see their life and exchange knowledge. And I think that taught me to be more patient yeah. when communicating with others and to be more just to be more of an active listener to to let others speak their mind freely and openly and just ask open-ended questions um to just hear what they have to say first without judgment and i think that's um yeah do you see it the same way like when you're communicating with your fellow citizens that that is something that changed that you communicate more openly or? yeah i mean i think about that a lot um I think maybe what being exposed to a broader range of human experience and a more diverse uh, series of perspectives, it just gives me more context to put every individual's reactions and opinions in uh, into a framework that I can make sense of. Um, but you know, I. I Every individual's reactions within any culture is completely unique, but the broader the range of um, and physical environments and, and food flavors and aesthetic opinions and the way people buy things, um, the way people talk about politics and religion, like you said, the broader the, the range of that stuff, it just makes me, I can more quickly get through that stage of uncomfortableness with something new and say, oh, this is kind of like this. I can make sense of this. I can I can understand this. I can appreciate even um, more quickly than I would have otherwise been able to. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think the bottom line really is that um, after being abroad, after traveling, that you will just take these experiences and they just become your ultimate tool. Um, They become your ultimate tool for not just communicating with yourself, but also communicating with others. Yeah. Yeah. One more point that I just, uh, sorry, one more point that I just um, came up with is that we're always talking about that you, that you, these skills and these experiences that were mentioned, that you obtain them abroad. But I feel like you are able to obtain them at home as well if you just take a step to talk to people you haven't talked to before and yeah. to put yourself in situations um, that you haven't been in before um, and engage with just your neighbors or the person who you haven't talked to before or um, talk to the lady at the grocery store for a minute or two and I think it starts with these small things and it's uh, that's where the growth mindset comes in as you said before. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, yeah, I, right. I know that not everyone has the chance to travel for multiple reasons. Yep. And we're very fortunate enough for both of us. We're very fortunate um, that we're able to do that. But um, it's not unique to, like, these skills are not unique to living abroad. It's just more easy to obtain them there. 
Exactly. Um, yeah. It, it's it's faster or more efficient. But yeah, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I my neighbor, um, she speaks English, but she prefers to speak Spanish. And I would have never been able to develop the close relationship with her that my wife and I have if I hadn't traveled to Peru extensively or been to, been to Europe and practiced Spanish. You know, I, I just wouldn't have been able to have the conversations that I do and I, I wouldn't have paid attention. I probably wouldn't have appreciated the delicious food that she trades with me <laughs> as much. I can't imagine where we are back to foods. <laughs> it's it's probably one of the better and more dangerous parts of, of yeah. traveling uh, is the food. You know, you, you never know what this thing is, what's going to taste like and if it's going to make you sick. Exactly. where you are you just gotta try yeah well the one thing you can almost count on everywhere wherever you are is alcohol is usually safe to drink so <laughs> that's how you network as well yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's how you get more comfortable with your language you start you stop exactly. and you just start yeah. you just let it flow and say what you know how to say as opposed to what you want to say in your other language. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, cooking is actually also an important entrepreneurial <laughs> skill while we're at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We realized uh, the three of us, it's, it's a three-guy household, um, and we are uh, founding an online business. Um, I'll, don't worry, we'll talk about it in a couple of minutes. I'll give you more insights into it. Um, but we're founding online business, which means we're sitting in front of our laptops a lot. We're spending a lot of time at home. Um, but we realized that we also need to live an active lifestyle. Yeah, um, we need to um, cook as much as we can. We need to eat healthy, uh, and we want to eat healthy as well. And we want to be able to take care of ourselves so that we can give the best we can um, to the startup and to our, each other, even. Yeah, and I think that's uh, yeah. So cooking is an important entrepreneurial skill to just I, add to the list. Absolutely. I mean, you how many how many business lunches or dinners will you have? you know, over the course of your life, you'll have so many and cooking is even better if you can do it. But um, the, the reasoning is the same. It's it's to really join together with somebody. You know, there's some basic kind of transhuman, transcultural things that you have to do. And one of them is, you know, breaking bread with somebody else, um, cooking, cooking a meal for them, exchanging a gift, you know, um, eat, appreciating a, a new flavor and trying to stay physically active and healthy, like you said, those are those are some ways that you build community, build rapport, uh, communicate a lot of the time, and exchange information. Yeah. especially for us, it's uh, very important at the moment. We're at the information gathering stage. We're learning about um, how to write a business plan and how to found a company in Germany and how to do taxes and all these kind of things that they don't teach in university, but that are so essential for life. Yeah. And, and for that, it's quite essential to gather information and to talk to people about, like, about, um, or to talk to people mm -hmm. um, while you're having food with them that yeah. know more than you do, that are experts in something. This is really what has been helping us um, the most so far, because Google is fine, um, but there's not everything on the internet. and true life experiences always goes over these online articles. Yep. Um, so we had some quite some interesting discussions with um, people who just know more than us and who are an expert in marketing or an expert in, um, in business consulting or these kind of things. Yep. 
Yeah, invite them over for dinner. It's the old uh, American sitcom trope. The boss, yeah. the boss is coming to dinner. <laughs> yeah, and there's some truth behind that. Yeah. We do actually have some questions uh, from alumni who couldn't make it or from alumni that I've spoken to in person over the past uh, year and a half or so. Um, questions about starting a business or entrepreneurial skills um, or uh, specifically asking about international businesses. Um, and I, sh I briefly showed these questions to, to Florian um, and I'll read them out loud so that our listeners can hear them. Um, but he hasn't really thought too extensively, so I'm going to put him on the spot. We'll, we'll call it a rapid fire round or something like that, something catchy. Um, we'll come up. We'll come up with a fancy name later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll call. We'll we'll come up with a theme music later. Uh, but the the three questions are pretty short and, and pretty simple. Uh, the first question is, how do I use my international networks to best effect in creating a business? The second question, I want to make a small business in my spare time. Do you have any special ideas for me? And the third one, I don't know much about business. I'm guessing they mean like the discipline of business, but I have an idea. So where do I start if I wanted to start a business? All right, Florian. That really is a rapid fire round. Yep. Um, thank you so much, first of all, for submitting these questions. Um, I think Michael and I, we really want to encourage yeah. questions from you guys as the listeners and from the alumni yeah. um, because we really want to explore these things together. So if you guys have any input, um, you can always message us. Mm -hmm. um, you can message and find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can uh, come up with some ideas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get to it. So how do I use my international networks to create a business? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind here is the um, term of merging value. Um, I, in my experience, every person, every, just from high school student up to key expert and about to go as a pensioner or something about to retire, um, I think every person has a unique value set that they acquired just through their experiences, uh, through their education and through the places that they've worked at. Um, so if you want to start a business, leverage that. Think about, uh, just take a moment and like write down, okay, what kind of skills do I not have? And what kind of skills do I need um, to build my business um, and to make my vision a reality? And then come up with names, just do like a simple A to B list. Like if you need just someone for marketing, then think about who of your friends has ever told you, hey, I'm working as a marketing assistant at this company or I'm working as an online media uh, person in this company. Who of you has uh, told you this? And then just write them down, reach out to them, uh, invite them for dinner, share a cup of coffee, and uh, then connect this value together. Um, so if you know someone from the US, uh, like you, Michael, like if you have experience with uh, building communities and with um, organizing people and uh, making their study abroad experience as good as possible. And, and you can connect that to a marketing person that you've met on while you were climbing the Great Wall of China. And you connect that with a 
someone who did sales while you um, were in the carnival in Rio de Janeiro. And you just bring these people together, and then magic happens usually. Yeah. Um, so that would be my answer to that question. Just connect um, them. Just connect. Just connect them. Just connect. Exactly. Exactly. Connection is so important. And it's so easy to do. I mean, you're in the US right now. I'm in Germany. And we can still come together and create this podcast. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, it's actually possible to run entire businesses online these days. So there's no excuse in not connecting with, with your network. Yeah. Um, the next question, I want to make a small business in my spare time. Um, if I have any special ideas for that, um, I'm a little hesitant to answer this one because I don't want to tell other people um, how to uh, put their vision into reality. Um, so my advice here would just be to just do it, to just map out your vision. Um, like, what do you want to do? What, what do you like doing in your spare time? Do you like creating jewelry? Do you are you a passionate uh, yoga person that practices yoga? Do you love swimming? Do you what's your passion really? Like what is one thing where you don't even think about that that could be work for you? And then see how that how you can create value there and how you can bring value to other people. Um, so for example, if you're really good in swimming and you've been swimming with passion, then uh, maybe the kid of your neighbor needs swimming lessons, or uh, there's a community position um, in the local pool where you can teach as a lifeguard, or um, there's so many things. It's just about knowing what your passion is and then thinking about how you can bring that value to life. That's really all I can say to that question. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I. I I, I don't. I, it doesn't sound that dissimilar from trying to start a career, really, if you know what you're passionate about. Um, and in fact, I think a lot of the skills and practices that we're talking about for entrepreneurs apply to people who want to work at existing institutions. Um, and now, chances are good nowadays, even if you work at a major company or a small business. Uh, at some point, you may go on your own. You might start a consulting business on the side if you're an expert in something uh, unique. Um, you, you, what used to be a side hustle could become your main business uh, at some point if, if, if you get enough customers and you have the, uh, the passion and the time to do it. Exactly. And today, the, online, there's all platforms out there that you need to yeah. um, get a business rolling with very low costs. That, we that, all have an email address. That's a good idea we all for have a future podcasts. Like we could survey uh, business, free, free business solutions and see which, which ones are the best, which ones are the worst. <laughs> of course, that is a good idea. Yeah. We can do that next time. Yeah. Uh, take it out. But yeah, I already, I mean, we all have Skype. We all have email. Yep. Um, we all have access to the internet, uh, fortunately. And there's platforms, like if you are, if you want to found a small business um, with creating something, like creating a physical, physical product, um, then there's a platform called Etsy. Uh, I think uh, most of you guys know this already, but there you can just create an online store for free and start selling the jewelry that you've designed, the 
pieces of clothing that you uh, clothing that you design, the shoes that you are building yourself at home, or uh, anything physical you can uh, uh, sell there. And then online services, that's just something um, that you can sell through Facebook groups. You can uh, offer it privately to your friends, um, tutor your neighbor's children. There's so many ideas out there on how to make um, some extra buck without any risk, without taking any risk. Yeah. Um, which we, then we come to the next question, where do I start? Um, where I can just say start at the beginning. Um, just map out your vision, as I said before, like what is your goal, what is your passion? And as soon as you have an answer to that, then um, just think backwards and be like, okay, so if I want to um, have a small business selling jewelry on Etsy, then what would be the first step now that I have to do? Um, and I always like to compare this with, with going to travel, with traveling. Um, when you decide to travel, you don't think about, okay, um, where do I start? Like maybe I start with applying for um, like booking a hotel. No, like you would first pick the destination. Uh, you first map out, okay, I want to go to Italy this summer and then you start your research. So that would be a good way to start. Start your research on, okay, what is Italy? Where do I want to go? Um, how long do I have? How much make a budget? You know, like make a financial calculation. How much money can I spend? Um, and then afterwards you would look for flights. You compare competitors. You compare, you look for the cheapest flights possible. Um, and then you just do it step by step. Just taking one step at a time and then start at the beginning. That would be my advice. And, and we, we got a, I think you started answering, we have a live question. Uh, I won't say the person's last name, but um, Sydney asks, having a long-term business idea, how do you identify the first step? How do you build towards your vision? Well, that could be, those two questions could be the guiding question of, of this podcast, <laughs> really. Um, I'm sure we'll keep returning to it. How do you build towards your vision? It's, yeah, um, we'll keep talking about that again, but you're kind of at the beginning. Do you want to maybe talk about um, about your first steps? About your first steps. Yes, of course. Thanks for the question, Sydney. Um, I can read from that question that you also have a long-term uh, idea that you want to make a reality. Um, and then I can just tell you, welcome in my boat. Um, <laughs> this is where we are at the moment. Um, so just we're going to try to figure this out in the next couple of months. Um, we're at the stage right now of writing the business plan, uh, which I think we're going to talk about next anyway. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, so we started um, by discussing the idea. Uh, we're founding, I'm founding with two other people. Um, and we actually started discussing the idea two years ago. That's where it came up. And we just had a lot of... Um, excited talks about, oh, we could do this and we could do that. It was just a big, massive brainstorm session. Um, and we were all not at the same place. Um, so Nikita, he's uh, from Russia. So he actually um, was there when we started talking about this idea. Um, I was in the States at that time, actually. And um, my, Moritz was here in Germany. So we had an hour long of Skype conversations about um, what is possible. And then we got down to um, 
the first couple of things. So we started with a mission statement um, and we did some research on um, how can we make this vision a reality. So I think research would be a very important first step um, to take for you, Sydney, as well, uh, just about what's possible um, and about um, your competitors, about pricing, just in general about how to find a business, found a business legally even, uh, just gathering information. And this is the same stage that we're at right now. Yeah, I I just want to I just want Florian mentioned a business plan and if if you're watching live you'll see it on the screen but for people listening at home um, if you don't know exactly what a business plan is it's definitely not the first thing you'll do like Florian said you'll probably do a lot of research uh, before you write a business plan you'll probably have big dreams um, you'll probably brainstorm you'll probably think through some things um, but a business plan is it's kind of like a it's like it's like your constitution and your Bible <laughs> kind at the of, same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's something where you have a really succinct statement of how you're going to accomplish your goals, and then you have the research and staffing decisions and budgets uh, uh, to back it up. Also, um, it's it lays out your vision, like Florian said. It, it could have a mission statement. Um, it's it's how it's what you're going to take to a loan officer if you're trying to get a loan or to investors if you're if you're trying to get a, a larger amount of uh, capital from specific investors. Um, so it's a very important document, uh, but it's probably not the very first step, as as Florian said. No, but it could be a good guiding uh, document actually. So um, there are a lot of online platforms out there um, that provide an overview of a business plan. Um, in my knowledge, um, there's a couple of parts to it. So at first, of course, you describe your idea, you describe what you want to achieve. Uh, then another part would be um, the market research. So you look at your market and you see, okay, um, what are my competitors doing? Then you look at customer acquisition. So how do I market myself and how do I generate sales? Um, then you look at, um, you, you write a financial projection. So you, um, yeah, show that you're, you can be profitable. Um, and you also show when, so you just get down to the numbers and you develop a price for your product and you develop, uh, you look at the total cost that you have and the margin that you want to achieve. Um, and then you take this all together. So I think, um, also for you, Sydney, that might be a good, um, guiding, document to to start preparing and then that way you will get you won't miss anything yeah it, it can you definitely get to every step it could be something you work towards early yeah exactly and uh, that way you will naturally come to every um to thinking about every step that you need in order to found a business um and this is what the business plan will be for us as well it will be a tool for self-evaluation that's going to be its first function Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the next couple of years where we just can look back at it and um, open it and be like, hey, are we actually on track? Are we achieving what we want, uh, what we set out to achieve? Um, so it doesn't just describe your idea, but it serves an actual uh, purpose. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes coming up with that idea and identifying the need is obvious. If you want an example of that, you can watch the webinar on uh, nonprofit entrepreneurship from just yesterday where someone recognized an obvious need for a school in Ghana. Um, but uh, maybe, Florian, you could talk about your idea a little more, because I think 
it's it's much more interesting uh, than something that is that like these people need a school. Oh, that's obvious. Talk about your 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 what you're doing. Yeah, let's do that. I uh, for 50 minutes I've been claiming that I'm an entrepreneur, but I haven't <laughs> talked about what we're doing. Uh, sorry for that. Um, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, so essentially, when um, Nikita and Moritz and I we met while traveling, and during these travels, we um, spoke to a lot of people about how they decided to start traveling and how they decided to leave home to um, start getting out, outside of the comfort zone. And a couple of these excuses that uh, we heard that people would um, make up before they actually decide to go are things like, oh, my parents want me to finish my degree first. Um, how do I justify traveling on my CV? Like, will I have a gap when I speak to employers? Um, I would love to see more of the world, but there's no one that wants to come with me and I'm scared of traveling on my own. Um, I might already have a job, but only a few weeks of vacation per year, so I can't really take a year off. Um, or I'm in a long-term and uh, serious relationship and my partner wouldn't like me to be gone for months. There's all these excuses that I think um, we can relate to at least one of these uh, when we hear them. And I, we all felt like, us three felt like that we not only tell ourselves these excuses when having a dream of going abroad, but even on a bigger scale, we saw that it is normal that um, your brain creates these inner uh, monologues and these inner um, yeah, ex excuses really, that's how I call them. Um, and they lead you to stay comfortable. They lead you to stay in your comfort zone. They lead you to do what you've always done. However, when you do what you've always done, you get what you've always gotten. Um, so when you want to go for what you want, um, I think it's important, uh, or we felt like it's important that you actually become uncomfortable and that you explore new uh, settings and new locations in the world and that you explore um, other worldviews. So this is what we uh, set out to do now. We want to build a product exactly for this purpose. We want to help others in overcoming these fears and, and just being able to take that first step. And how do we do it? Well, we talked about it now for an hour. I mean, we're convinced that we can do that through traveling, through helping other people uh, traveling uh, the world, um, however, in a concise way. Um, because we have learned that, you know, when you travel, then um, you start changing, and that's what we talked about now, and that's what we want to instill in our customers. Um, so at the end, I got to ask myself um, always if I want to stay where I am or if I want to go out and live my dreams and if I want to go out and pursue my dreams, um, which brings us to... <laughs> brings us to our uh, corporate identity and our name um, because we've asked ourselves, do we prefer to wait for life to come around or do we, do we prefer to just go see now? <laughs> Which also is the name of our business now. Um, and let me quickly go over why we chose that name. We feel like it really emphasizes our philosophy. The go really stands to that we want to inspire others to take action. We want to inspire others to 
um, go out and finally start and finally um, spend that year abroad or build that business that you've been thinking about for three years or um, get out of that toxic relationship that's not healthy for you. Just whatever it is that you want to pursue in your life, to just do it. Uh, that's what the GO stands for. Um, and the C, well, it's just the philosophy that uh, we believe in is that you can um, create change through exploration and creating adventures and living adventures. Um, and of course, you got to do that now because who knows what will be tomorrow. Um, which brings us to our actual product uh, that we're developing or that we are envisioning. Um, and that is a 10-day exploration tour in the seashells, including a seven-day sailing journey. Uh, we envision that this will be a trip that we organize with uh, fellow uh, friends, fellow um, people in, in similar life situations, um, where we try our very best, the three of us, to enable you to obtain the skills we talked about in this uh, webinar. So to become more uh, culture sensitive, to try different foods, to see different locations. Um, and we figured that this would be the best setting in our mind to stimulate all that, to stimulate your discomfort and to stimulate you gaining new experiences. Um, we're going to have like fireside chats and different workshops and we're just going to unwind together while sailing on the Indian Ocean um, while the sun sets on a catamaran and um, we think that that or we hope that that will bring the inspiration um, that people are craving for yeah. and uh, yeah that's that's really the product that we're trying to create uh, that's the vision that we have and now we're trying to make it happen this year and to actually uh, build this as a professional business and um, organize this whole trip for whoever wants to join us. Um, I mean, in the end, we're just aiming at having a good time with strangers, um, and we like to encourage spontaneity, teamwork, and healthy discomfort. I think that kind of sums it up in three sentences. You probably could not have picked a better podcast to come advertise <laughs> <laughs> we all like travel so. yeah, it, it's kind of matched perfectly but it also you know that's what we've been talking about for uh you know an hour now um and and so you you see workshops coming out of this so it's not just a, a fun time there's there's a something you can put on your cv where you're actually getting something out of it too Exactly. And where we just take everything, what we just discussed, all these skills, we, we're taking it and putting it into a 10-day, um, yeah, traveling experience into a 10-day sailing adventure, uh, which includes networking, building friendships. We're going to provide an after movie. We have so many surprise activities that we already thought about that we want to do there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this podcast is really going to help us and me in uh, particular to keep track of it, um, but also you guys to hold me accountable and to um, follow the journey um, because it's not all going to be fun and games in <laughs> buildings. Yeah. Uh, we've, I've already um, got a taste of that in the last couple of months, and it's going to be even harder in the next couple of months, but we really have this vision. We have, really have this dream, and we're going to do our best this year to make it happen. And uh, hopefully, uh, this is the goal I have, that by the end of the year in our podcast, that I can uh, 
actually announce a date and uh, that I can invite all of you guys to to join us on this adventure. Great. Okay. And you get a free spot, Michael, of yes. course. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get there. Uh, yeah. Uh, and get the time off from work, too. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I'll be between positions. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, maybe we can do a podcast from the seashells. Oh, oh, that sounds very nice. That sounds very nice. <laughs> All the alumni. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. I mean, I, I, I want to leave space for questions, too. Uh, the, our live attendees already asked, but um, if you have any other questions, Sydney, please let us know. Um, but prepping for next check-in, our next uh, entrepreneurial, ICEP entrepreneurial podcast check-in, um, what do you want us to hold you accountable for the next six weeks? What, what's, your, what, what's your plan for the future? What are you doing next? So our roadmap at the moment, um, and this is, yeah, this is the goal that I'll uh, announce publicly here now, is that we by mid-April, we want to have not only the business plan done, but we want to um, have submitted the application to become a legal company with a lawyer. Um, so the next couple of steps in the next weeks um, will be to apply for a loan, um, finish the business plan first, this is really the goal for next week, and then apply for a loan hopefully get granted a loan for the, to get some starting capital, the starting capital that we need. Um, and then to um, make an appointment with the local lawyer here in Germany and um, fulfill all the legal requirements that we uh, have to fulfill that most of them we don't even know about yet, but that's what the task for the next six weeks is. Um, and then to just submit the application to actually become a legal entity, that's the goal. Great. Uh, maybe when this podcast goes up, we'll have a little checkbox for for what you've been doing every week uh, when we publish <laughs> it, and we can slowly, you know, build up over time the 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 successes and trials and travails of of Go See Now and and Florian, and we'll we'll hear all about it as it happens. Yeah, I would love that. Please. Um... If, if you have questions for our next episode, uh, uh, if you have questions about entrepreneurial skills, um, if, if you have um, ideas about topics you'd like to see us address, uh, segments, um, I think the general uh, guideline of seeing what we talked about last week, seeing what's next, um, and then thinking about what's in the future uh, in terms of entrepreneurial skills and study abroad, all of that stuff is going to be consistent. But if maybe we'll have another rapid fire section, maybe we'll have something else. So please uh, let us know. Make sure you rate and review us. And uh, anything else, Florian? Anything you'd like to add? Thanks for listening. Um, I'm excited to do this. And yeah, reach out to us with questions, any topic ideas. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you next time.